What's going on, peeps? This is Big Ugly from the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and we want to thank you guys for listening. We also want to tell you guys to email us at dirtyuglywrestling at gmail.com. Please follow us and like us on SoundCloud, Dirty Ugly Wrestling, and on Facebook, like the page. Please stay tuned for more ways to listen to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and we thank you guys for staying with us. We're back with the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast in the mansion. Uh, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here today with our special guests, Jason Drake and Miss Rizzo from EWA Pro Wrestling. Guys, thanks for sticking around for talking wrestling with us. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Yeah. Rizzo's cheap. Remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> $20 holla. Oh, my God. 15 <laughs> make you scream. <laughs> anyway, we were uh, we had a pretty cool moment right before we hit the record button. Um, we were talking about what John Cena did this past Monday night on Raw. And... Um, Rizzo said we we uh, we were fun. Rizzo said we couldn't see it, and it took Big Ugly a second to understand what that meant. Right, and it's like once I got it, that was like really good. Like we couldn't see him, but it just took me a minute. You can't yeah. see John. I'm like, man, was he behind a Titan Tron? <laughs> we couldn't see him, and that's why because John seen him. And we'll get into that because we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, Money in the Bank that just happened on the WWE Network. And again, we're not going to say how much it is because they're not paying us to do so. Um, They called it the greatest Money in the Bank of all time. First of all, real quick answers. Ugly, did you think it was the greatest of all time? And we're not talking about somebody that you know the greatest of all time. Are we talking about the actual pay-per-view or the match? We're talking about the whole thing. The whole thing. It was the greatest Money in the Bank show of all time. Yes or no? Uh, Sure. Okay, that's the halfway. How about you, Jason Drake? Uh, if it wasn't, it was definitely up there. It was. Up I think there. it was definitely up there. I know some other matches on other Money in the Banks have, have kind of stolen the show and maybe been a bit better. But okay. as far as the total package, I think yeah, it was. I think there were a lot of a lot of good good uh, storylines, good matches, and you know the whole package was was probably the best Money in the Bank of all time. Gotcha, Rizzo. If I watched all of it, I'd <laughs> Well, Rizzo apparently had to go to work at 5.30 in the morning. What are you doing at 5.30 in the morning, young lady? Being a boss. You, you're Sasha Banks? Yeah. Being the boss? You got the legit? Got the legit boss. <laughs> like a boss. Like a boss. Okay. And I think it was up there. Same thing, Jason Drake. I think it was up there. Maybe not the greatest of all time because there have been matches and spots and stories that have made it better. Um, I believe Money in the Bank was where John Cena and CM Punk had their match in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that match was the biggest hyped up, built up match of all time. CM Punk's ready to walk out the door with the championship and leave. Uh, a couple weeks after he did that real big shoe promo. Which was awesome. Yep. So, and see, that's why I say sure because you know I stopped watching wrestling for a while, so I've only actually seen about three Money in the Banks. So I mean, out of those three, I could say <laughs> it was the best. But I mean, I don't, I, I can't judge from the other ones that came from the past. Fair enough. Yeah. And you have to also put in the Money in the Bank ladder matches that have happened at WrestleMania because that's where the Money in the Bank it started mm-hmm. at WrestleMania, and there were so many matches that stole the show. Yeah. Um, so I'm, and ladder matches, I'm sure you're a fan, Jason Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, all the flying and crazy stuff that happens on those. I, back to Jeff again. I still remember. I will always remember that that camera angle where Edge is just laid out on the ladder that's bridged between the, the guardrail and the ring, and Jeff's on top of the ladder. It looks like he's about to get that title. And Matt's like, "Get him, get him!" He turns around and just jumps on him. The ladder folds. Edge folds in half. You think they're both stretched out? It's like one of the best moments in a Money in the Bank. Absolutely. He's broken in half. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Shit, God. It looks like it. Stop he the damn a, match. He has him. a family. He has a family. 
God bless Jr. I miss that guy. We we now got David Otungo on the announce, announce team on uh, SmackDown, by the way, because Jerry the King Lawler is uh, yeah <laughs> doing his thing. Um, but uh, David <laughs> Otungo is thing. now. But Mauro Ranallo, that guy, I'm just gonna put that guy over on SmackDown. He is a fantastic announcer. Um, he puts old school into his own thing, and he knows the names of all the moves. He actually calls the moves in the ring. It's fantastic. That is good. But, I will say this: as far as new. Uh, Commentator talent, Corey Graves. Yeah, I think he's I like, underrated. I, like I actually like Corey Graves a lot, and it's kind of I think it's good because you know, as as many people know, the reason he's commentating instead of in the ring is because neck injury right. kept kind of retired him. But you know, WWE kept him on, put him in the commentator role, and I think he's doing really well with it. He brings that that new school of like the whole NXT roster, the new guys coming up. He brings that kind of mentality with it and the understanding as as a as a wrestler as well. So he's got that fresh perspective, and he's been in the ring with that fresh perspective. That's cool. And, that's, and brings it to the commentary. Too. Yeah, that is uh, essential to have that experience and bring that out, you know, because when you're speaking about pro wrestling, if you're talking about a match commentary, you know, you gotta got to feel it. you got to be able to have that experience. Exactly. People can understand that rather than just throwing somebody in there, and they don't know what they're talking about. And if you think about it, most of the people who are in that role that have been wrestlers and are now commentators, most of them are at the ends of their career when they go to the commentator. Or... or moving towards it. True. You know, you've got JBL in there, Jerry, they've both been wrestlers, but they're both on the back ends, and whereas, you know, he brings that mentality as the new, because he got cut short, sadly, but... JBL is very random. Um, yes, he is. But he is extremely funny. Yep. Uh, so I, I love JBL. Random but funny. <laughs> Let's talk about the greatest money in the bank, arguably the greatest money arguably. in the bank of all time. We had a kickoff show, which had two matches on it. I believe it was the Dudley Boys and the Lucha Dragons tag team match. Uh, and we also had um, Tyler Breeze and Fandango, Breeze Dango, or whatever they call themselves now, I have no idea, against uh, Gold Dust and R Truth, the Golden Truth. Um, any thoughts on the uh, kickoff show? I know this is part of the show that you did watch. No. Rizzo? Rizzo, Rizzo didn't watch any of it. But, <laughs> but that's okay. Please jump in with your thoughts on any of these things because we want to know. Um, Wait, Lucha up. Dragons win? Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember. I believe the Lucha Dragons did go over, oh. and uh, they did get over on the Dudleys. Yes, because the Dudleys are there to help the, you know, the younger talent get over. So that's good. And uh, Golden Truth got over for the first yeah. time. So, any thoughts on these matches? Anything stand out? Either one of you? Uh, I definitely think they were they were good matches. Obviously, you have the the you know veteran status of, of the Dudleys and, and their knowledge, their vast knowledge of tag matches. So it was a great match, and, you know, the Lucha Dragons brought in the flying, so that was good. Um, I do think it's a little interesting, though, that, you know, the tag division is being relegated to the pre-show with two kickoff show matches as, as the, the tag division. It kind of makes me wonder what WWE's thinking with their tag division, or if maybe they just have so many tag teams after this tag team, you know, the, the race for the belts that the, yeah. the New Day has, if they just had to well, we don't want to cut them out of storylines yet. Let's move them down lower. But, you know, True. it kind of makes gonna, you wonder. We're going to get to that later because there was a fatal four-way tag team championship match uh, during the show. Uh, one thing I want to point out, the sunburn angle where uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango were burnt and uh, they couldn't take bumps, they couldn't get chopped, they couldn't get touched. Honestly, this was really cheesy. Yeah. But I thought it was fun. For a port to the kickoff show, to have something very gimmicky like that, I don't know. I liked it. I was a fan. I, 
I think you're right. I think the pre-show place is is the place if you're going to do something like that, put it on the pre-show. Yeah. Um, you know, build build the main show is like to be with all the the storylines and and uh, feuds going on. You want to build it as this more serious. I do think it was a, a little cheesy, <laughs> uh, but I think that plays right in the Goldust's wheelhouse. Oh, 100%. Honestly, like, I'm so happy know. that he's out there doing his thing. He looks better now than he almost ever did. Yeah. And that's great. Big Ugly. So both of these guys, both of these teams are kind of like a comedy gimmick. Um, I've heard people complaining about comedy and wrestling. What do you guys think about that? Does it have a place? Rizzo? Yeah, it has a place in wrestling. <laughs> let's go to the veteran. I mean, let's be real. I had a... <laughs> belly dancing competition and I what did I do I wrapped my skirt around Mikey D's head and mm-hmm. danced on him yep. it, like seriously if you don't have stuff like that please go you to YouTube stuff, and find this yeah if you don't have stuff like that I mean it's everything's supposed to be serious you have even in dramas you have some type of comedy there's gotta be a comic relief somewhere yeah supernatural it, it, it's like a it's like a horror suspense you know action type show but they have their jokes. You have to laugh because you can't be scared the whole time. Or you can't be off your seat like, oh, anxious because then people are going to have anxiety attacks. And then we're going to lose our fans because they're going to have heart attacks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. No. I agree 100%. That's that roller coaster we were talking about earlier. you got to have uh, hills and valleys and that's part of it. You know, and that's a great place to put that match, as you said, Jason. Um, you put that up there to to build the crowd up, to get them pumped as they're coming in the building, get them worked up, and then you start on to the main show, where I believe the first match of the night, if I'm not mistaken, was it was the Fatal Four Way. It? it was the Fatal Four Way because New Day. Oh, yeah, they came out first, <laughs> um, and that was that was cool. So, and we're gonna get back into that. Talk about. Uh, by the way, um, as we said, Golden Truth went over. Um, New Day, Vaudevillains, Enzo and Cass, and um, the club. That's what we yeah. had for the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match. Now, you had some thoughts earlier, Jason Drake, talking about is there too many tag teams? What's what's happening with the tag team division? Give me your thoughts on that real quick, and then we're going to go to Ugly. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of tag tag teams. As I said, you know, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, Dudley's are the ones that kind of got me going, whoa, what's this stuff? I haven't seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. So I've always been... A fan of the tag division as well as singles wrestling, um, but I think it comes down to a point where if you look at it, you have eight tag teams wrestling in the first three matches of the card. Right. When you really stop and think, that's eight tag teams. Right. I think they just have so many tag teams left, and it's kind of it, it might be why they're doing a whole SmackDown Raw brand split. They right. got so many stars, mm. teams, everybody coming up to fill the holes in the locker room left by injury, mm-hmm. and then you have this this. All right, we have too many people. They've become really big fan favorites. All of them. Most of them have. And it's like, yeah. you've, you've got, well, people want to see them. We don't want to drop them back to NXT, or we don't want to take them off TV. We want the fans to see them. The fans are responding well. What can we do? I can't well, say we the can fans make... are responding to the Vaude Villains. Look, okay, man. Maybe not the Villains. <laughs> I know you're not a fan of the Vaude Villains. <laughs> I'm a fan, man. I, I think they have their place. I think they're funny. I think, you know, they, their characters, they're, they've got a very good grasp of their characters. And, it, and it's they a have type the fundamentals, of too, so they can work that in. And I think it's a, it's a good grasp of character that allows other teams to play off of it. You know, New Day can sit there and make fun of them all day. So can Enzo make fun of them all day. And it just kind of builds... Builds kind of dynamics, which is really well. But I think it, we're headed towards that brand split simply because there are too many teams and too many stars right now, and we don't want to lose any of them. But I do think it's funny that 
eight teams in the very beginning of the show. I, I just thought about that with that math. That's crazy. Uh, big Ugly, and, and, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and there are more teams in NXT coming up. I can't wait for a Revival to come up. And, Revival, uh, American, American Alpha. American Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. I could watch those two just fight all day long, those teams right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is your uh, favorite tag team situation, Rizzo? My favorite, as right now, or like sorry, right I was now? trying to play in oh, a dirty joke. You're here. so funny. I know, <laughs> right? I was gonna say you were probably gonna watch those all day with your hand down your pants. Wow. But... Hey, no, I'm the voice of Maryland. It has nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with touch. It's about uh-huh. voice. <laughs> Wait, but, uh, I thought you were just calling your your yourself the sexiest man in EWA. I, I've seen I those am. pictures. <laughs> there are pictures. It makes me wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Voice, the voice. That's right. But as far as tag team wrestling or uh, tag team wrestling today as opposed to possibly when you came into the business or when you watched the business, the Attitude Era. What do you think, Riza? Right now, I I really enjoy, uh, what are their names, Kaz and Enzo. Enzo. Okay. I love the fact that um, Enzo wears a uh, poop emoji on his butt. <laughs> I love that. And when he got that concussion, was it concussion that he got? Yes, that, absolutely. That, that was kind of scary because it was like, you know, he just got there. Yeah. He, and he's doing so well. I didn't know if he was going to get another shot, but... Thankfully, he's okay. Yeah, you know, that was but. a scary moment during uh, Payback. I think it was the last pay-per-view. Are they getting more over than the New Day? Because I'm hearing a lot of how you doings in a crowd now. Yeah. Like, I think they're starting to get yeah. close to that level. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's funny because the New Day kind of came out with the... It, it reminds me of of DX a little bit with the kind of, not not the characters but the mentality behind there where mm-hmm. DX could at one point just go out and do whatever they wanted and it was just like mm-hmm. they went off the script they did whatever seems like New Day kind of has that same type of freedom where they can just come out there and you know what is it the the Dragon Ball Z gear yeah, you know awesome. like yeah. only certain people get it and then they come out unicorn horns you know the trombone which is I feel like the trombone as soon as they added the trombone that was the one thing that, like yeah. pushed them up and yeah. got them I like a lot that of yeah. I loved yeah. it but it's a good I part. think they have this this kind of freedom and free reign and I think maybe Vince or whoever's writing has kind of seen that and gone. Well, they're over with the fans. They seem to have a direct line into what the fans are entertained by. Let's let them go. And right. they're doing very well with it. Yeah, because you can see that a lot of people in WWE are heavily scripted. But yeah. they're, they're not. They're not. No, and they're not. And yeah. to that point, neither is Enzo. I don't think Enzo is either. No, and I think Enzo is real natural. He's Kapahatis. Kapahatis. I smack talker. Skywalker. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, see, no, that's good stuff. And it's very entertaining, and I think that was a good place to have that match. New Day uh, did retain the Tag Team Championships, and there will be uh, more New Day Club, more New Day Enzo Cast, more New Day Vaught Villains. And I think, you know, you can add the Luchas in there, you can add the Dudleys in there, you can add the Golden Truth in there, Breeze Dango. There's a lot going on in the Tag Team Division. And now New Day is feuding with the Wyatt. Exactly. And the Wyatt's the New Day Wyatt feud. That's going to be fun. That's interesting. And that's just gold on the mic, first of all. And then second of all, in the ring, it's going to be even better. Yeah. So... (laughs) Uh, let's jump forward. Let's go uh, talk about some other stuff. So we have the uh, fourth or fifth match in the Baron Corbin Dolph Ziggler saga. Um, is this over? Please tell me it's. I believe it's, it's over. Okay. Thank I believe you. this is it. Thank you. Um, the whole thing is basically. I don't know if they didn't know what to do with Baron after the fact he won the Andre and the Giant won the uh, Battle Royal, but I mean they've had some decent matches. This one was actually better than most. Um, I think this was a great match, and I, I can't remember who won. Baron Corbin. I believe yeah. Baron Corbin, because he should be the guy that gets over in this whole thing. But Dolph has fought uh, the whole time, and it, I think it was pretty good. What do you think about that match, uh, Jason? 
I think they make Dolph kind of like this underdog who who they put with people that they're not exactly sure what to do with, but they want to build him because sure. Ziggler can put on good matches. Ziggler has a very good grasp of what he's doing in that ring. This is the Ty Dillinger syndrome in NXT. You can put him in any any match. Pretty much, and he can right. build him. He can build him. Um, but go on. I'm you sorry. Know, I think it's funny because I remember. To, to go on that point of what Ziggler can do in the ring, you had that match how many years ago with the Elimination Chamber where the one pod broke. Oh, yeah. And everyone kind of looked around like what to do, and if and he took right over. He sure did. He took right over. But I think they're trying to build Baron Corbin. I think they're, they're decent matches. There's not a whole lot of story there, and I think that's where the disconnect is a little bit, where it's yeah. like why, you know, why are these two fighting? Like I get that, you know, Baron Corbin attacked Ziggler, so he wants to get revenge, but why? What's the point? But you're right. They are putting on decent matches, I think. You know, but I do get like I wish there was a little bit more of a why there. Yeah, but a little so, more substance. You know, I might be with Big Ugly over here, where I'm like, I hope it's over finally, I, I, so we can put those yeah. two in like better storylines. Because I do, I, I, you know, as far as Baron Corbin goes, I'm not a not a huge huge fan, but I do see his his worth as he's a good big guy wrestler. Yeah, like he's he's a, he's a solid wrestler, and he's he can generate heat. So that'll be good for storylines. This is true. Rizzo, I have a question for you. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. ahead. The question that I have is the usage or the overusage of the super kick. Now, was that where you you were going? Um, So especially as a veteran in the business now, I mean, we know one guy, unfortunately, that likes to use a super kick and kick people in wheelchairs, but we're not going to talk about him right now. Um, But as far as being in that part of the company, there's – there's one guy who uses a super kick and it means something. That's right. But now in WWE, you see a super kick in just about every match, sometimes multiple times in matches, whether it's a standing super kick, whether the guy's on his knees and he's getting super kicked to the face. Rizzo, what do you think about, I mean, should that be pulled back and should that be something that's protected or is it now just a move that everybody does just as common as a hammer lock or a wrist lock? You can, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like that's almost a mutual thing because depending on the company like if you have somebody there that uses the super kick as their finisher nobody else should be using it but if everybody else feels comfortable in a company using it and nobody has it as a finisher sure whatever if that's what you guys want to do but think about it i mean there's sweet chim music that is Shawn michaels right thing. right so growing up Everybody was like, oh, you know, that's the killer move. And mm-hmm. now everybody's like, I'm going to use it, but I'm going to kick out. So Right. Uh, that's where the protection yeah, comes in because yeah. nobody has it as a finisher finisher. It's a, it's a mid-match move. It's sort of a, you know, when, when the heat is building in the match, that's where the move's kind of happening. And nobody gets knocked down from it. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody at all. But that, And that kind of takes, okay, well, what does Shawn Michaels move just – and he's like – a, a big right. thing, you know, I guess. So when he, he super does, kicks he somebody, he knocks anything. them out completely. Yeah. But when other people super kick, it's like just two and nine tenths yeah. is what it is. Is Ziggler using that as a finisher now? It's one of his mid-match moves. He it's still uses signature. the zigzag and, okay. and the famouser. But signature, right. I think signature. And I think, there, as you pointed out, there are a couple others. Like Rollins now has the knees super kick and... Uh, Kevin Owens is hitting the super kick every once in a while, but he's Del using Rio. it as a Del Rio. Del Rio so. Exactly. So there's a lot of people using it. I think the argument whether or not it's a you know it was a finisher, and it's this, but you also have to look at it like the Rock's finisher was an elbow. True. It's it not not el- exactly the move, but how he did it. You it's know? how he the did people's it. People's elbow. You know, and Shawn Michaels would get in the corner. They'd already be down. He'd be drumming up the band. Get there and just nail him. Right. So I think it, 
you know, and as she pointed, as Rizzo pointed out, you have a move that's not a finisher for anybody on their roster. I think if someone was to come along and they were going to go, all right, we want this to be your finisher, mm-hmm. I think you might see a, a drop in how many people are using it. So I wonder if that will happen. Will somebody pick that up as a finisher? Maybe. Will they be allowed to, though? You'd have, they'd have to, they'd have to have, have some, some a little bit of pull, I think, in, yeah. the, in the locker room or... or, or WWE would want to be pushing them and go, this is going to be your finisher, and they'd have to look around and go, all right, everybody calm down. I mean, Rollins is using the pedigree, and Triple H is still wrestling, so. He actually talked about that yeah, on uh, yeah. the Breaking Ground Reloaded, uh, and also on the podcast, I think it was. Yeah, 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 podcast. Podcast. yeah. yeah so, you know, and, and he asked Triple H, and, or actually, and Triple H even suggested it to him, and that's a move that's going to be hard on your knees. But, I mean, as far as the curb stomp or the beauty shot, as you call it, uh, Jason Drake, I mean, I can understand the WWE's point of view on that, but, I mean, that's the move he won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship with at WrestleMania, yeah. and now they'll never show it again. You yeah. know what I mean? So, uh, I believe in protecting certain moves. I believe uh, finishers should finish people. Yes. Um, so, I, I believe in the intensity and the story to get up to that, but if, if, if it's a finisher, I, I believe... Once in a blue moon, if you have, like, the big payoff of a storyline, you know, it's the end-all, be-all, maybe, but not generally every day. No, yeah. Finisher should, should be finisher a finisher. Finisher should be a finisher, and I think uh, to, to talk about the way that I've always looked at it is if you're a finisher and you want to have a, have a, someone kick out of it for whatever, you know, going on, and you want to have a finisher, it should be... There should be a pause. You should fall over. Something should happen where you don't... Like, if you hit your finisher and you're right there for a cover, nobody should be kicking out. Right. Unless, as you pointed out, it's the the big payoff, you know, the whole, like, they've been building forever. Now you can, like, start kicking out of finishers. This is the example, and I know we're getting off on a tangent, Ugly. I'm sorry about that. This is what... I, this is what... Um, the first match for Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, WrestleMania 25, mm-hmm. um, when Undertaker hit the tombstone for the first time, and Michael's kicked out, which is one of the first documented times that anybody's ever kicked out of a tombstone pile driver ever. After a tombstone, you know, fresh cover, one, two, and he kicked out. And the look on Undertaker's face was priceless. Um, and I was shocked. I got out of my seat because I thought it was over. Because the match was building and building, and that was the finish. That was the spot. Yeah. It was over. Mm-hmm. And and even uh, we did a little Jim Ross earlier. He kicked out. He kicked out. I just had an out of body experience. Like <laughs> like he sold the sh- you know sold it. And that is where I believe a finisher can be protected. But that's something you know what I mean. That yeah. makes sense. So ugly. I just got one last question. Go and for we can, it. We can move on. We'll, we'll move on. Is is Dolph Ziggler trying to be Shawn Michaels too much? I mean, he's even he tuned does up wind the band up now. Before, yeah, I did see did. him do it, and I kind of went, wait a minute. Yeah. He just tuned up the band. Yeah. His boots look like Shawn Michaels' old boots from back in the 90s. Like When we it. were in Dallas, I should say, uh, at WrestleMania, that I get. The homage, because they're in Dallas, it's they're in... Mr. WrestleMania. Right. I get that. But going forward, I don't I don't agree. I don't think. What do you guys think? Do you think Dolph Ziggler should be Dolph Ziggler, or should he embody Shawn Michaels? I think there's a... You want to no, go? go ahead. I, uh, I think there's a, there's a, as you said, there's a place to do it, and I think there's certain things that you can do. Like I think he is being too much, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I think a little bit shows kind of respect. Like sure. you know, I I grew up on Shawn Michaels. I respect everything he did, and it's kind of like homage to like his favorite wrestler because he's gone on record as saying that's his favorite. Right. But I think you, I think as you said, there's a there's a place for it, and there's a line where it's too much. 
And I think he he is getting to that point where it's like, all right, now you're doing yeah. tuning up the band all the time. It's one thing when it's doing WrestleMania because it's Mr. WrestleMania. We're just tuning up the band. Now we're starting to get to that point where, all right, you're tuning up the band, throwing the super kick. It's the sweet chin music at that point. That's and right. No one should be kicking out. Absolutely. So we get to that. You bring it back to that. Should people be using super kicks? And it's like, yeah, people can use super kicks, but nobody should be using the sweet chin music. Why doesn't anybody want to be Marty Jannetty? And <laughs> <laughs> now we're back to the tag team conversation. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, though, well, what if Shawn Michaels is kind of giving him the reins? Or that's one thing. You know, you don't. We we don't know. We're not in that locker no, room. No, it could be a behind the scenes thing, kind of like the Triple H uh, Seth Rollins. Thing. Or even like the the Diamond Dallas Page and Randy Orton. The diamond cutter. Now I remember they had a conversation. That was on a podcast, I think. Yeah, they talked about they it. They talked and about he it. Said, you know, he said, "You know, I gave it, him and I called him and told him to use that move." And that's so, one of the best things that he could have ever done. Diamond Dallas Page was on his way out. He got his shine for the last part of his career, and now Randy Orton. Hopefully, he comes back sometime in the near future. I know he's out, but that RKO is perfect for him. Perfect yeah. for YouTube videos too. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> YouTube videos. RKO all over the place on yeah. social media. Let's get back to Money in the Bank. So we're going to talk quickly about these next couple matches. Charlotte uh, and Dana Brooke uh, in a tag team match yet again. Um, they beat uh, Natalia and Becky Lynch. Um, not too much to talk about there. Sasha Banks is coming up in the uh, in the women's division, so I think they're starting to push Sasha. Yeah. It was a tag team match. I don't know. It was. There wasn't really too much to it. Anybody got thoughts? I have thoughts. I'm so sick of Charlotte. Seriously, I want to choke her out. Really? She can't sell worth of anything. She's not supposed God. to. She's the queen. Yeah, she's the queen of dinner. Uh, no. My <laughs> big argument. That's what we're here for. <laughs> my big argument <laughs> on that. Dirty and ugly. <laughs> and this is where this is where she and I have talked about this, and it's it's one of the illustrations of where I think you know there's there's work needed, and obviously everybody needs work. You know, I'm. Sitting here in my position, I'm not there, but yeah. this is just what I see. Uh, you know, what is it? We're we're not wrong, we're not right, we're just fans. That's right, yeah. exactly. Well, we're not right, we're not wrong. We're not right, we're not wrong. We're just fans. same concept. It's same concept. <laughs> you know, it's, it's my fun. it's my version. It's your version. Jason gimmick infringement. Mm. Okay, that's what it is. I feel you. Uh, but there was a match, and I remember this, where Charlotte worked Becky Lynch, and it was like a knockdown, drag out title match, and Charlotte like they they played it where. Becky nearly got it, and Charlotte retained. Right. Um, and then Sasha Banks walked out, got in the ring, kind of kicked Becky Lynch out, and got her out of the picture. And they talked for a minute. She kind of said, basically, I'm coming for that title. But then she hit her backbreaker and rolled back into her major submission where she's just cranking Charlotte's back. Right. And she leaves <clears throat> her and walks out. And Charlotte should be left laying. Right. Charlotte's up 30 seconds later yeah. walking off like whatever. I'm, you know, I didn't take anything. I remember And it's kind of like... What? You just worked a full-on match, barely retained, then took a finisher and got, like, submitted and right after a finishing maneuver and then a submission, and you're up in 30 seconds? You know, it's stuff like that that I see, and it's not all the time, but I see a lot of it where I'm just like, uh. Yeah, like Big Ugly said earlier, time constraints and being really handcuffed to the writing, that possibly could be something. It's like, True. man, you might have 30 seconds to get up and, you know, hit your mark and tell your story. Um, but I agree there should be time in there for selling. Mm-hmm. Um, selling is huge. Yeah, and um, I think that's that's one of the ways where where Rizzo and I see Charlotte going sometimes, and we just picking out stuff where it's like I think there are other people who probably um, could do better with it with the belt and with with the storylines. I think you know Sasha Banks is a, is a great one. Sasha's. Beautiful. I kind of want to see more from Becky Lynch, honestly. 
Uh, but I think the biggest point of that match was not the match itself, but the fact that Natalia attacked Becky, Becky afterwards. That, and that kind of like, I didn't yeah. see it because Natty is always such this like sweetheart, you know, she's always like, even when she's getting like wronged by people, she's, she's still got that like lighthearted kind of like, I'm just the underdog fighting up. And this time is the first time I've really seen her yeah. since maybe when the, uh, when her faction came in, the Brett, the, the Hart dynasty, right. when they were heels, this is like the first time we've really seen her. Kind of go out of her way to like attack someone and kind of become a heel. Haven't like, seen herself. that. I liked it actually. That attack was vicious. Too. It was. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my god. I mean, if you're gonna go all baby face all the way and then you're gonna turn heel, you got to do it convincingly. So yeah. she did it. And I, I think that's that that point where that's why I said it was it was probably that was the highlight of the match, not the match itself, but no. the attack afterwards. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Uh, Apollo Cruz. The WWE version of <laughs> Apollo Crews. With an E-W-E. Yeah, E-W-S, right. One-on-one uh, -on -one with Sheamus. This whole thing was about the new era versus the, the veterans. Apollo Crews got over. Um, thoughts, anybody? It's just one-on-one. -on -one. I, I just I think Apollo Crews looks like a midget next to Sheamus. He's a very short guy. He um, does, and it's funny because he looks so jacked when he's in NXT. And then, yeah. you know, you get next to Sheamus and you realize how big Sheamus is. Yeah. You're like, good God. It was a decent match. Nothing stood decent. out. Though. Yeah, nothing stood out. I, what was it? The uh, the white noise. Yeah. Off the off the second. Off rope, the middle rope. Yeah. yeah. The middle rope and Cruz kicked out. He sure did. It's that's interesting because that brings it back to that finisher kick out, signature kick out kind of mentality. If it was the bro kick and he kicked out, that would have been that would have been. But yeah. I think the white noise I, that that kind of just shows that Apollo's tough. Yep. Um, but they need something more substance for him, more character. I think. I think he's got great in ring work, but his microphone skills probably need a little bit more. Yeah. And he needs some more substance. Big ugly. Do you think uh, he would do well to work against some some smaller guys? Because he can move like pretty quickly. He yeah. Doesn't move like a big guy. So like, do you think? Uh, Rollins and Apollo Crews match would oh, oh I think I think yeah. stuff like that could be good I mean if you if you watched and paid attention to him a little bit before he got into NXT and everything he was working with the smaller flyers like he's because he can go with them but he also has the the strength to be able to act as as a good counterpart to a flyer as well and he he could put on some really good I enjoy his matches with with smaller guys than I do with bigger guys so I think you you got the nail on the head yeah, there awesome uh, let's talk about real quick um, Rusev uh, for the U.S. Championship, defeated Titus O'Neil in a very quick um, kind of come-down match. That was after the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, Titus O'Neil just came off of that suspension, and now he's getting pushed as the father of the decade and everything. They got all these promos and commercials for him. being that. His kids were in the front row. Now, match was okay, but there was a follow-up match on Raw where Titus was trying to get his revenge on Rusev because Rusev yelled at his kids or something like that. That was good. It was just, I didn't see that. I don't even know if it was a match. I don't think it was, it was a bell. fight. The bell never rang. They just like, because basically at the end of the Rusev match, and when Rusev won, he went over to his kids and got right in their face and stood there and kind of went, you see your dad, your dad's a loser. Like, that's what a loser looks like. And he just walked off and yeah. kind of embarrassed Titus O'Neil. And then, you know, the next night on Raw, he got him before the bell even rang. They just yeah. knocked down, drag out, and Titus kind of got the upper there hand. There was no him. barking. There was no nothing. It was just he it came was just, down and just beat down. And yep. chased him, like, inside the ring, outside the ring, over the barricade. I like that from Titus O'Neil, though. I, I, I think I, I believe that better, more than the, the barking and all that. I yep. like it more the serious, um, you know, I think it's a good good angle. Absolutely. Rizzo, what do you think about um, Lana with Rusev and Maurice with Miz? These uh, women valet managers hanging out these days, do you think that the manager or valet role has kind of fell by the wayside, or do you think that these... 
um, these women actually add something to the dynamic of the characters? Uh, well, I don't, I don't I haven't watched too much of The Miz and Maurice, but I really like Lana. She's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She got that booty, though. <laughs> <laughs> booty, <laughs> but, uh, well, no, like, I really They make sure she ain't booty. Yeah, um, it, it has kind of fallen back, though. You don't really see as many anymore. Just managers in general. Yeah. You yeah, don't see uh, a lot of that. Outside no, of Paul Heyman. Um, even so, Heyman's not even a manager. He's a what does he call himself? He's advocate. a advocate. Advocate, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, anywhere though, but anywhere. There's something to be it. said though for having a good second on the outside of the ring, a good manager. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something to be said that they can add things into a story from curtain to curtain. You know, I believe that there's something oh, of substance absolutely. there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead. Um, it, it you can add different things to it, and also. Um, you know, working as manager, you can work with younger guys, and they learn how to work with a manager. You're not taught that in training, right? So it's something that you have to learn, um, especially with as a heel. Mm-hmm. Heels really need to learn that because you know I've worked with guys that have no idea, and yes, you, you have. Know, e- even you know the opponent that they have to learn how to work like that, and that's yeah. something in a match, but. Um, it's it's also fallen back because you see a lot anymore um, guys bringing their girlfriends in that have no idea what the heck they're doing. So really, they just stand there and they look like a plant. Like, and I'm not talking about you know the carny plant. I'm talking about literally <laughs> a bottle of water in front of you, standing there. They have no clue, no emotion. They show nothing. Their boyfriend is getting their face smashed into the mat and they're standing there like duh they have no idea so it kind of pulls away and now people think that managers just aren't that important and if you know how to do the job they are important absolutely I agree 100% and I think it does add something you don't see a lot of that these days but there are things you see especially on the independent level oh yeah um, where the manager position is sort of just kind of thrown out there for you know oh this is my friend this is my girlfriend whatever um, if it's done wrong, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yep. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's done right, I think that really, that can add something. And I mean, that helps your, you know, whoever you're seconding, that also helps your opponent, whether they have a manager on the outside or not. That's why I love the fact of what you're doing in the EWA Rizzo. And I also, even though she's a little bit of a pain in the ass, pardon my language, uh, Violet, I think she's doing a great job. She's relatively new as far as this side of the business, but she's grown up watching the business as well. So she's starting to learn things. She's watching people like uh, Paul Heyman. She's watching people like Jimmy Hart. She's watching uh, women valleys and managers as well. And it's it's helping her come up. So I do believe that there's a lot involved in that. Big Ugly, managers, yes, no? Um, we need them back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, since the days of Bobby the Brain Heenan, God bless that man who's still, you know, kicking and hanging, and hanging he's alive. Um, but, and Jimmy Hart, Paul Heyman, you know, all these guys. Uh, big fans. Jason Drake? I was going to say, you know, they, they, I can think of one independent level manager who's very well known. Miss Rizzo. Yes. <laughs> truth Mar- but Truth Martini. Yes. The House of Truth, Ring of Honor. Like, he's got the House of Truth. He's with their champion, you know, he, and he's he's got a following like to the point that people want to hear him talk and he's just a manager like he's been on a bunch of different podcasts for for a lot of people like yep. uh, you know Cole Cabana like all kinds of podcasts and I think it shows that while some some managers have fallen by the wayside I think there still is that place and there still is 
the the want from the fans to see a good manager. So if you can you can bring that that level of, of skill and talent to the manager role, I think they're they're still a very big place for it. I don't think it's something that, that's you know extinct or become unimportant. I just think there needs to be the right managers to, to build back that that want need and and uh, you know fervor behind wanting to see them. Absolutely. Big Ugly, how are we doing on time here, live at the oh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling man, Podcast? Man, we're, we're way over. Just Did we blow going. it? Just yeah. keep going? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen yeah. with these guys, we're but i tell going. you what. We're here at the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You know, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here with EWA Pro Wrestling, Jason Drake and Miss Rizzo. We are talking wrestling. It's fun. It's fantastic. Um, we're going to talk about uh, John Cena, who we can't see. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about AJ Styles, who is earning his spot he is making his mark i i love aj styles i love everything he does mm-hmm. um i'm a mark for aj styles i'll i'll, I'll bet it i'll say it um yeah. and aj styles won um with some help from the club even though they had this big story where the, they signed a contract with no club coming out but we talked about this earlier kind of offline um the, they, they came out and apologized in a very sarcastic apology on monday night raw which was a lot of fun um, the match was very decent, and I think it was a good jumping-off point for these guys. I see AJ and John Cena having more matches in the future, um, and I see these being very good matches. What did you guys think about the match? Uh, Ugly, let's start with you. AJ and John, uh, best match of the night. Really? Yeah. Tell me why. Um, it was just good. I don't know. <laughs> it was Booker just, T. It yeah, was just, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just, I just liked it. I thought, like, the uh, – I don't know the proper terminology, but it was just good. It had me feeling something, man. That's good. That's, it's what yeah. it's supposed to do. So when I do. feel something and I'm not thinking about Game of Thrones, then you, you got me. So And that kind of happens on Sunday nights sometimes. Yeah. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Jason Drake. Uh, I think it was a great match. I was, I'm was, i glad they ended the way they did, you know, leading to, to more work together. Absolutely. Because they, they didn't throw it all out there. It didn't feel... Like that was the the you know the period of the whole match. Like right. didn't feel like it was over. It's not over, and yet. it's not. And I, I'm I'm glad they they did it the way they did. You know, once again, um, the, John Cena gets questioned a whole lot, as I said on the offline mm-hmm. you know conversation. But for for the the type of of company the WWE is and the type of storylines they do, I think he's a great fit. I think he is uh, an embodiment of what WWE wants. Um, and the match was just great. Like I was, I was kind of, I was excited about. It. I like the way they build it, though. Yeah. You know, this whole, you know, John Cena comes out and goes, you know, my 15 years I've been here, I've won this many titles, and I've done this much, and I've made my mark. And he goes, and the one name I've always heard was AJ Styles because he's been going out the past 15 years. I've been making my mark here and making a bigger mark elsewhere. Like he's had more titles than I have. So he gave him his his due credit, you know, in, he did. in, in the build for it. And I think. I found it kind of funny at first. I was like, really? Like, there wasn't a huge build to this match, and we're building it this way, And but I see why they did it now, because they're going to keep it going. I think that's a smart move. Amen. Absolutely. That's everything I wanted to say, pretty much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's why it was great, yes. Now, Rizzo, you didn't see the match, but um, uh, are you a fan of John Cena or AJ Styles, uh, one or the other, both? Are you a fan? Um, well, growing up, you know, I, I watched – John Cena's training video. I don't know if you've ever saw that, but he has one of those. Okay. Watch that. Um, so, you know, I've kind of started to not like him because of how much they used him, you know, being shoved down your throat, like, without lube, you know. What? <laughs> this is Rizzo unplugged, unfiltered. Uh, Tell you what. You know, 
I love it. Without all of that, he's actually a decent worker. And when I was growing up, AJ Styles, I was like, oh my God, he's so hot. You know, but no, seriously. <laughs> I don't like AJ Styles anymore. <laughs> I was a huge fan. Damn it, you're just ruining but, workers for me. <laughs> um, no, and just like his gimmick, you know, he is a phenomenal worker. So yeah. those two together can definitely make magic, and I cannot wait to actually watch that match. Yeah, you should. And it is on the WWE Network. I'm not going to say for how much. And AJ needed a win. Yes. Finally. Yes. Yes. And like, they right. they talked about that. He came in. He, he was in the Rumble. Lost that. You know, he faced Jericho several times. Lost that feud. Uh, faced Roman Reigns a couple times. Lost that feud. I mean, it was... But he was showing quality work in all of that. And they were different matches. AJ said this on the Stone Cold Podcast not too long ago. He likes to put different things in his matches. You don't see the same cookie-cutter thing every time you watch an AJ Styles match. You always get something different. Even in the signature moves and the finishing moves that he does he finds different ways to go into them come out of them mm. different stories to build in i love it i really do so yes he's hot i mean but that's that's beside the point um he's phenomenal that's what he is yes, phenomenal. so that's uh that's awesome let's go into the actual money in the bank ladder match big ugly we had six participants in this match um, we had Dean Ambrose, who won, which I'm very happy for him to get a win, by the way. Did you um, see that coming? I, 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 I wasn't sure about that. I was actually uh, looking more towards the Owens uh, camp winning that, because a heel with the briefcase makes for a lot of interesting ongoing stories. But a face with the briefcase, as we find out, makes a good story for about an hour, and then cashes it in and it's over. Um, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. He did what he needed to do. Uh, Dean Ambrose. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, Cesaro, Chris Jericho, which God bless this man for uh, having two full-time careers. And actually, I thought after WrestleMania he was going to drop off. We talked about that. But he's been in some major stuff. You know, he's been taking a lot of bumps. That mm-hmm. DDP yoga really works for him, apparently. Um, so God bless that man. Kevin Owens, who uh, I'm actually a big fan of. And Sami Zayn. So, a great match. Um, ugly, real quick, go for your thoughts. Um, I always like the uh, matchup between Owens and Sami Zayn. So whenever they're going at it, yeah. I'm, I'm tuned in. They're going to fight for um, Overall, I mean, I thought it was pretty decent. I didn't get the whole, like, they put the ladders on, like, the different turnbuckles. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be a bigger spot. Like, something was about to happen. But, I mean, I th- it... I think it was for the picture where all, like, there's two standing on one, two standing on the middle, and two standing on the other. And they all start... Uh, so I'll start fighting for about five, six seconds. I don't think it really meant anything as far as the psychology of the match, but it's a great pick. Yeah, and I think it, exactly. I think it just was this big, like, elaborate setup, but it had, like, all six of them going at it. They Any one of them could have gotten to the belt at that sure. point. So I think, exactly, the picture and just the, the angle and the, the story told through it was good. Like, not exactly for a spot or a move, right. sure. but for, you know, visual. Yeah. Okay. And there were some pretty sick bumps in this match. Yes. Um, things that you would never expect to, and I don't know how you protect yourself, and Jason Drake, I don't know if you can shed some light on this, some of these sick bumps that were taken in this match. Was that the liberty of the guys on the fly, or was this planned, do you think, to take these? I mean, some of these, like the ladder was actually not flat. It was laying on the ground, but it was still open, and there were bumps on that ladder, like power bombs and, and suplexes and ridiculous stuff where the ladder was open on the sharp edges. I don't, I don't get it. Tell well, me what you think. First off, um, 
I've seen some some stuff like that before with Kevin Owens back in his time as Kevin Steen, and he was wrestling this guy who wrestles a lot like Sami Zayn. His name is El Generico. Yes. I don't know if there's a connection there, <laughs> but they wrestled very similar, and they had these crazy ladder matches where like I saw some of the same type of bumps. So El Generico. I do think it's it's very similar. It's in there. It's in the wheelhouse of of Kevin Owens and apparently Sami Zayn as well. It's in his wheelhouse too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, these matches... What a coincidence! They take, uh, what a coincidence, no. These matches, they take a lot, a lot out of you. Uh, yeah. My first major injury in the business, well, one of them was, was in a ladder match. I got mm. a concussion. Yeah. Um, so I was out on the sideline for like a month or two. You know, I've, I've had <laughs> Three, a few injuries, four, but yeah. it's one of my big ones. Uh, they put me in a hospital. So, well, we've uh, got you on the right track. You, yeah, I'm you, on the you right now track. have uh, Rizzo uh, 100% of the time, and you also got me to, to uh, lay things on talk, talk in your ear. So, exactly. Yeah, you're but... not going to get booked as that guy. Oh, go out there and take that insane bump, and then <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's sometimes it's good to do that, like you know, but too much, you know, exactly overkill. Too much overkill. But like, I do. It is planned. Like some of the stuff they go out there, you'll, you'll sit there and talk about, it, and then some of it is. Well, I got a ladder. Well, what are we gonna? I'm using the ladder, so it is on the. It's a, there's a mix. There's a a mix. lot of the bigger spots, you know, there is talk about it because obviously, if you go in there and you just grab somebody and drop them on a ladder that's that's opened up yeah. and it's on the ground, like that bump, if if not prepared for, could potentially kill you. Yeah, you could break your neck or, or something. And your career could be over. So I think those six guys took care of each other pretty well. In oh that yeah, match. they definitely they definitely took care of each other. I think they all worked very well together. It was a great great match. Yeah. Big six, big names. Big Ugly. I'm about to go off on a tangent real quick. But, dude, I, I just got to ask you. I've never actually talked to anybody that's had a concussion, man. What what, what does that feel like? like he doesn't going remember. On in your mind, like, All right, what, well, what happens? The funny thing about it was I didn't realize I had a concussion that night until I went to training the next day. And then that's where it really got bad. Um, you get it, it just Sometimes it could just feel like your, your bell got run. Like, you know, lights are a little brighter. You're a little, like, Ooh, I need to like slow down for a second. I was laying there on the ground and kind of like, you know, what happened? I felt in my head. I got like a nice little cut. Um, people are saying I should get looked at. Some other people are like, oh, you're fine. I thought I was fine. I had some guy tell me, he's like, you're, you're acting a little different. He goes, are you okay? Like, I can just tell so, so, something's up with you. And I didn't think it was anything, you know, until the next day I went to, to, to hit a move off top rope, got caught in a powerbomb, and I got dropped on the powerbomb, and I wasn't fully ready for it, and my head hit off where I'd yeah. hit it the night before. Yeah. I blacked out. I kept going, apparently. They told me I kicked out. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, the ref was like, do you want to keep going? I kicked out. I told the ref I wanted to keep going. I got whipped into the corner. Guy ran at me. I rolled through. Went at him. He up and over to me to the outside. I'm on the ropes. I slingshotted over, hit my hit my stomp, the, the beauty mark. Climbed to the top rope, hit my finish, and then pinned one, two, three, got out of the ring. It was only then that everybody there kind of realized, oh, he's not all there. I remember walking back and, you know, after getting away from the ring for like a minute, that's when I finally start remembering everything. Yeah. But for those four or five minutes, the lights were on, but nobody was home. I don't remember it. So it's crazy. crazy, It it was nuts. And and you you finished the match. And finished the match, walked back. But I'm telling you, just, you know, it's huge headache once I came back to. I was sitting there. I had people asking me questions, you know, where are you? What's your name? What were you doing? What was the last thing you remember? And sitting there trying to rack my brain and get something to drink and sit there and just try and sit and figure out what exactly happened. Um, and she's been there when I when I got my second concussion from the same guy. Mm. 
and I slurred my speech for an hour and a half. And you're, you're not in control of your emotions either. I remember sitting there and I was crying. I couldn't figure out why. Because you hit your brain. Like, it's every, you know, your brain took a bump and that's why, you know, you, you feel that way. So, the lights are brighter. You feel dizzy. Um, obviously, like, my speech was slurred for an hour and a half. That one was, a, was really bad. Um, and you can't control your emotions. Like, you, you can start crying. You can laugh. Like, it's weird. Uh, but, yeah, obviously they're no fun. This Don't, is be not careful. the goal in professional wrestling. Not the goal. It's not the goal. It that... happens. I mean, it happens to everybody every day. I mean, just not as advertised as, say, what would be one pro wrestling. But if you're, you know, whatever type of job you have, it, you can get hurt. I mean, you can get hurt just walking outside in the, in the morning. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we actually, in the pro wrestling business, we train to protect, us, uh, protect ourselves and protect each other. Yes. So, um, obviously, you're okay now, right? I'm okay now. You're good. But... For those listeners, this is why they always had that little disclaimer at the beginning of every WWE. Please do not try this at home. You know, train professionals, they're not kidding. We yeah. train, like, sometimes eight hours a day just to do this stuff. Like, you can get seriously hurt. Rizzo, what is your, uh, absolutely, what's your uh, take on My injuries take on and all this. that? This is why people need to train properly. <laughs> I could go off on a tangent for hours about this. But this is why you need to be fully trained before you step into the ring because you can hurt yourself, you can hurt others. People have died, you know, doing this stuff. Yeah. Because somebody doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but, you know, you're going to make everybody look like an idiot because you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. But that, yeah. I've seen a lot of injuries. I, I mean, and the one injury that he got, um, the concussion that he was just talking about, was from a guy who was a manager. I'm not going to name his name, but I'm not very happy with him. I'm not going to name his name, but he then trained to be a worker, a wrestler, mm-hmm. in-ring wrestler, and um, works all these matches, and every time he gets hurt, Logan, um, Jason Drake, <laughs> he gets <laughs> he hurt. He said it earlier. Time he wrestles I said it earlier. And yeah, I, I kind of want to kick him right in the nutsack, but... <laughs> Apparently she, she that's wasn't just happy. not. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. No, and I, I remember hearing that story shortly after it happened too, and I was pretty angry myself. But yeah, yeah this is no joke. This business, I, I know, I big ugly. I know you don't want to get in there and take a bump, but uh, this is no joke. Like you got to have a passion for it. You got to have a desire to do it, and it does hurt. But I mean, that's not the idea to go out and hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. Yeah. Um, so be safe. That's all I can tell you. And we're glad that you're both here and alive and okay <laughs> yeah so, i'm still going uh and that ma- that ladder match fantastic and uh you know people came out i'm sure with bumps and bruises but no major injuries yeah. came out of that which was beautiful dean ambrose won the money in the bank ladder match which we're going to get back to in just a minute because that will play into the main event which was big fight feel big main event seth rollins in his first match back after his injury first big televised match i should say uh against Big Ugly's favorite, Roman Reigns. You know, thank God <laughs> Roman Reigns is off TV, okay? This is good for WWE. We don't have to hear his promos for right now, so it's it's a blessing. Uh, I tell you, Roman, Roman is, uh, he gets a bad rap, but I know he's, he's a, yeah, obviously we talked about this, he's a, he's a big guy, he's a good worker, he's got a great look, but yeah, definitely Mike's skills are terrible. Um, so, but the match between Rollins... And talk talk me and Big Ugly real quick. The match between Rollins and Reigns. What'd you think? Um, I don't remember it too much. I think I kind of checked out, but I did. <laughs> it's so sad. It was good. 
getting late. Well, it, man. Was it was getting late into the show. three and a half hour yeah. show. Yes, yeah. it was a long show. So, um, but I do remember that that I did like it. I didn't think it was a bad match. Yeah. And I don't like when people say Roman Reigns can't wrestle because I think he puts on great matches. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think it was uh, in my my quick uh, opinion on that. It was uh, a decent match. It wasn't overly spectacular, but I don't think it needed to be because the spot afterwards was supposed to be the overly spectacular thing. What'd you think, Jason? Uh, you know, as you said. Sometimes I take issue with Roman Reigns. Um, his his wrestling, though, as long as he's in there with someone else who can go, he can put on a good match. Yep. You know, he's in there with AJ. Good match. Both of them. When he was in there with Rollins, good match. Yep. Like he, he can put on good matches. But I think, as you pointed out, the mic skills mm. need work. I think it, his wrestling is okay, but his character is what needs the work. Yeah. Um, and if, it's funny because if you look at it, um, and as you and I have talked about. Yeah, yeah. Uh he was in the shield and they both went off and did their own characters but sure. his stayed very much the same the same yep. entrance pretty much the same gear just a color change and a symbol change mm-hmm. the same gear yep. and he's playing this this kind of generic generic badass character that he's going right now like I'm not a, you know I'm not a bad guy I'm not a good guy I'm just the guy he's playing mm-hmm. like a very kind of uh, we've seen that character with right. other people but they bring like a, a new flavor to it he's playing kind of like this general character um, and I think that's where the disconnect is but overall the match itself was, was really good yeah the finish as you said you know the match was good it wasn't amazing but the finish was that it wouldn't have been as good if the match had overshadowed that exactly. I think that's why they did it so good match decent match good main event and a good Good spot at the end where Dean came in with the briefcase. That's right. Why don't you talk about that, Jason? Since you just brought it up. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> but you know, spoiler alert: it happened. We had already. this. It happened already. <laughs> you know, Dean went through this hellish match. Uh, as you talked about, these bumps were crazy. Like nobody was left with like a bump that was like, oh, like everybody took a mean, mean bump. Yeah. Everybody took some mean spots, mean moves. I mean, hell, Ambrose took the the. What do they, they call it? The bullfrog splash from Kevin Owens? Yeah. Kevin Owens' big self flying off the top rope. Dean's laying there on a ladder. And you just see his face when he gets hit. Like, there wasn't selling. <laughs> no. There was like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, just sitting there just, like, fuming. And you could feel it. Like, it, you could tell, you know, anybody was like, that's not a sell. That was real pain. Um, and he goes through this crazy match. And, you know, he kind of warned him beforehand. He goes, what if I win the briefcase? Right. What if I walk down there and insert myself in that match? That's why I didn't think it was going to happen. Because exactly, because he, he brought it, it he teased it too much. And Rollins wins it. And, you know, I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, my God, Rollins got the belt back. Great. Because a lot of people were, I and myself were worried that when Rollins came back, they were just going to go, well, we're just, you know, you got injured, so we're just going to keep Roman Reigns on this Yeah, we're going to feed you the Reigns. We're yeah. just going to feed you the Reigns, but he didn't. He won. And, you know, everybody's like, yeah. And they're like, well, how do we make it? interesting because to have Rollins come back same as John Cena come back and we're getting these pushes for him you know Rollins comes back and just wins right off the bat it's like oh okay you know the guy who was injured comes back and just starts whooping butt again we've seen it before and then all of a sudden Ambrose music hits and you're like whoa wait what and Rollins face he's like no yeah. Hugging the brief or hugging the belt, like no, this and, is mine. He tries to walk out, and I love how they did that, where he was staring at the ramp, and they were showing the picture and the and the way the com uh, the camera was. Oh yeah, showing the ramp, and then he ends up showing up from behind, and it's uh, it's Dean Ambrose. What's he gonna do? He's gonna hit you with the briefcase. Exactly, he's crazy. He's the lunatic fringe. That's what he's gonna do. And I love the fact that they d- totally disregarded uh, Reigns at this time. 
by the when Seth Rollins won the title, they the camera was on him. They were showing the replays. Reigns powdered out and he was gone. So this had nothing to do with Roman Reigns, absolutely at all, nothing. Um, and I I was kind of happy about that because the spotlight should have been on the other two guys. Yeah. And then when Ambrose came out, cashed it in. Now again, you think this is a tease of a cash in? Yeah, I didn't, think, never I didn't think he was going to cash it in. I thought it was just going to tease and it just wasn't going to happen. Especially yeah. since Rollins was relatively fresh at this point, mm-hmm. he wasn't like completely beat down from this match. Um, you know, he actually ran most of the match. Yeah. So it was really cool to see how they did it. It was pretty exciting, and after that third three and a half hour show. It really popped everybody back up. Yeah. And Dean Ambrose is not, not a not a likely champion for the WWE. Not a long-term guy, I don't think. I think he might be right on that. Might be transitional. Transitional. But, I mean, I think he could be. Like, I think he could be a good, a really good champion. I just don't think for, as we talked about before with John Cena, where he's the guy for that company. Like, that, that model mold for the company. I don't know that Dean Ambrose fits that mold model yeah. of their, quote-unquote, guy. Right. But... I don't think he'd be a bad champ, but I think you've got a point there. I don't know that they're going to keep him with it. I think it's transitional. I mean, from what I've heard uh, is that they understood Roman Reigns was going to be out for, you know, failing the wellness test. And so I think they might have just put the belt on him for now until we get that triple threat. Which I they really set that up for Battleground real quick. That yeah. triple threat between the Shield and I'm thinking, you no, know, the, the the explosion of the Shield, that's a SummerSlam match. That's like they should be build, on a bigger build, show. Build. Yeah, build it up. So I don't know if they're gonna end up doing it at Battleground because Reigns is off of his thirty day suspension right before that happens. So I don't know if that's or if they're gonna tease it because we're not gonna see Reigns on T V, like you said. Uh, we're not gonna hear of him. We'll see video clips of him, but that's about it. Rizzo, what do you think about um the three of these guys. I mean, coming up from the Shield, these guys came up through the business, came up through NXT, um, worked it, earned it. All three of these guys, I believe, earned their spot. Do you have a preference? Do you have thoughts on the Shield? All together, I think it's great. Yeah. Think about it. Number one, anybody that comes up together will work great together. Yeah. Number two, the end of that match was almost... I didn't watch it, but the way that people are telling me about it, it, it cracks me up because you have these three guys... And you have the two rebels, the guy that had his pecker on the internet, and then the other guy that just got suspended for doing whatever he did, and then the good guy just won. You know what I mean? You're good, so you can have the gold, you know? So it cracks me up a bit. Um, But no, I think that they're going to work great together. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with that. And they have a chemistry. And and it would be really dumb of the WWE not to take advantage of that as long as they possibly can. Between one-on-one matches, three-way matches... Um, they have a lot of a lot of leg room to do something here, mm-hmm. so I like it. So I'm, I'm glad you put that out there. I agree with that. Um, so yeah, we've got Battleground coming up. We've got uh, Roman Reigns who failed the wellness policy uh, on Raw. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when he was in the ring, first of all, when he's in the ring talking, it's not good. But <laughs> he broke that character. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just the guy. Because when they were starting to chant. The fans, you can't wrestle. He actually broke and just said, hey, won't you guys shut up for a minute? The guys who are chanting, you can't wrestle. First of all, he broke a couple rules there. He really basically engaged 100% like with the crowd. Like He actually acknowledged them doing what they're doing, saying, yeah, well, you guys are chanting, I can't wrestle. Then he said, shut up, which is very out of Roman Reigns' character. Didn't make sense to me. Did you guys catch that? Mm-hmm. I saw okay. I saw part of it, yeah, because I was I was watching after the fact, but yeah, I noticed that and it was kind of like, that's weird. I mean, I I think by that time, he had been 
I guess the wellness policy, they were just waiting until after Money in the Bank and Raw to actually get him off TV. Because those were two live shows. Might have been some frustration from that. Think so? Yeah, probably. Because it just feels like it was that was really out of Roman Reigns' character. Yeah, I think so, you kind of hit it. It might yeah. just be some frustration boiling over to the point where he's like, I hear this all the time, and usually I can handle it, but right now I'm pissed, and yeah. I'm not going to take it. Right. Could be, though. They have three guys. Think about it. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins are both pretty over. Yeah. you got to have a heel. You do. So, I mean, the crowd already hates him, so maybe he's just going to finally go into that heel role. We've been talking about that forever. So, I mean, it it could possibly end. That would be the perfect time. I mean, they tried so many times to make a baby. It ain't happening. Yeah. Please make him a heel. Please. Do it. They're keeping him for the ladies. Rollins is playing a heel, but the people love him, so it's like an anti-hero. Ambrose is a face, and he's just a lunatic, but that gets over. So, yeah, we need the heel. Yeah. We definitely need to heal. And he needs a mouthpiece. We've been talking about this forever. You know, I, I don't know what Paul Heyman is doing with his life say, right now, yeah. but that would be beautiful. They could just give me a call. I mean, then Rizzo. Rizzo <laughs> will come out. She's cheap. banning me already. But yeah. Do you think Heyman can help Reigns? Like, Heyman isn't always able to help the wrestlers. He got put with Cesaro, he got put with Curtis Axel. He wasn't really able to do much for them. With CM Punk and Lesnar, it's been pretty good. But, but those are larger than life personalities. I'm not Cesaro at that point in time was still being kind of held back that he wasn't able to get that push to get over, regardless of what Paul Heyman said or did for him. Uh, Curtis Axel, even though I love the Axel Mania bit, um, <laughs> unfortunately he was never in that stature, in that role to be pushed as sort of a main event guy. Paul Heyman is a main event guy. You have to have that larger than life personality, in my opinion. So that's why CM Punk worked. That's why Brock Lesnar worked. I think Roman Reigns would work. I think he could too, because I mean, honestly, Lesnar is not that great when he talks. It's kind of he's got a <laughs> higher voice, about that. Yeah. and then especially oh, when he did, what did he hit the F five on Mark Henry? <laughs> And you were like, what, what, what was that noise? Was that Brock? <laughs> like everybody's like, is that Brock? <laughs> like, all right, I get why I get why you got uh, Heyman. Okay, exactly. Brock <laughs> is a painful promo on his own, boy. He is so, and, and it's the same. But he's got that, and and Roman Reigns. I'm not gonna take anything away from him in the ring. Like he can go in the ring, um, and he can. He's got the stature, the physical stature to be if if they bill him right, a beast. He could. Um, and I think that Heyman talking and him strictly just staying to the, I'm going to go down there and like beat on somebody, I think it could work. Uh, you know, Same thing with the Lesnar. I think it could work. Absolutely. Big Ugly, you got some final thoughts on Money in the Bank or uh, anything we've been talking about on this part of the podcast? Um, we got to talk about the brand split. So real quick. Damn it, Mike. We should have ended this a long time ago. But I want to ask you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> So what do you guys think about the brand split? I have no idea. I have have no clue. Like, I haven't watched it, so I have no idea. So there's going to be, SmackDown's going to go live starting Tuesday, July 19th. And uh, so they'll have USA Live Raw and then SmackDown Live on USA night after night. Um, They are having a draft again. To Mm -hmm. where they are going to throw everybody in the pot, and then Raw's going to take this person, SmackDown's going to take this person. They're going to have specific rosters, and you can only see these specific people on this specific show. Um, So live every time, so no spoilers. This is all going to be live right out there. Um, And they're shaking the deck up. You know, they're they're just they're shaking the deck up. So each one's going to have its own general manager. So you you know, what are your thoughts on? Because you've seen this before in pro wrestling, they've done this. You know. 
Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It could be a very good thing. Yeah. Very, very, very good thing. I mean, it would be great if they brought back, like, maybe doing some things like DX did, and, you know, they invaded and all that good stuff. Yeah. That would yeah, be that great, be you hot. know. Um, the and whole... that's what they've been doing. They're bringing back the good, the old the old stuff. So, yeah, I think Got to stick with what works, right? Great. Yeah. Awesome. Jason Drake? Uh, I said it a little earlier. I think it's a good move in terms of just how many superstars were brought up from NXT and the fans have kind of kind of grown to, to be attached and, and involved in these, these characters and their storylines mm-hmm. and, and their path. You know, there were so many that brought up and rather than going, oh, well, you can go back to NXT or you're not going to be on TV, they came up with this idea where they're like, you know, well, let's try and shake things up, split the split, split the brands again, and we're going to have two separate rosters. It takes care of that. You know, we have too many rosters for one, or too many people on the roster for one show. Yeah. So now you have two shows. It also, from a business standpoint, of getting more interest back in SmackDown because you know Monday Night Raw has always been like it's Raw, it's Raw, and SmackDown's been like. That's that was on Friday for so long. Everyone's busy on Friday. Monday night. You're trying to find something to watch. You go to Raw. You know Friday. You're like, yeah. I got plans. I don't want to go out. So I think also the day change is good. Being back to Tuesday, and also it's good from a standpoint of you're going to have more people that want to watch it because they want to see certain stars they can't see on Raw. I agree. So you know they should be able to, and if they're you know, smart, they'll put some draws on both. I think they will. Rather than, because they were talking about making SmackDown like more, people have been rumored that, oh, that'll be more the NXT stars and Raw will be like more of the main roster of what it was before. But I think if they're smart about it, they'll do the, do the, well, let's put, let's split it up completely, shake it up completely and make big stars on both. Mm -hmm. That's what, exactly what they should do. They should have big draws on both. They should have, High flying and uh, on both, they should have technical on both. They should have tag team on both. I hope that story, that roller coaster, that we've roller coaster, about that you keep bringing up exactly. I only hope and pray that they only keep one WWE World Heavyweight Champion. I don't want to see a second title. I I want to see one where that person can fluctuate from show to show. Maybe not working like every single show, but maybe appearing. I want to see one title so that both brands can have that one golden ticket to to fight for. But then Intercontinental on one show, U.S. on the other show. Tag teams, I don't want to see two sets of tag team titles either. I want to see one tag team and have them work again both shows. They might have to bring back a belt or two. Because of that, you know, maybe we'll see a European title again or something. I think like we'll that. probably see a cruiserweight championship that because be we got possible. the cruiserweight classic coming up, which we will talk about on our next podcast. Um, but yeah, there's just so much to talk about. And, and first of all, we want to thank you, listeners, for hanging with us for however long we've been on here for the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, we are going to wrap this up because Big Ugly. Can I just ask one more question? My God, right, you're the uh, one that needed we're, to wrap we're it done. up. We're done after this. Okay, all right, all right. okay. Just one more question. We appreciate this. Is fun. Go ahead. All right. So. If you know, I, I feel like there's definitely a shift in WWE in which, like, they're bringing a lot of indie wrestlers, um, you know, to the to the to the uh, main stage. Yeah. And do you feel like they're getting away from the entertainment portion, where you're not having those like Austins and the entertainment value that you got with The Rock, and just going towards like a niche market of looking for diehard wrestling fans that just want to see matches, great matches, more than the entertainment value. I think there's more of a mix. I think for a while they were just pushing the entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. I do still see some of that in the characters of like Enzo and the New Day. You have these guys who are strict. Like they can go when they need to, but their worth is more in their mic skills, their promo, their character. That's where more of their worth is. 
But I think you have a point there where they're bringing up, you know, Neville and uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Cesaro. Like, these are all guys who are huge names on the indies. Yeah. And I think they started to give it a shot when they saw, like, Daniel Bryan, who was a huge name on the indies. Oh, yeah. Rollins, huge name on the indies. Ambrose, huge name on the indies. And they've seen the success rate they can get with those workers and those type of matches. And they've gone, all right, fans are going nuts for these guys. Let's bring in some guys who are kind of the same same market while still maintaining maintaining some of that entertainment value in, in the New Day and Enzo and guys like them. So I think there is starting to be that mix. I don't think it's going to ever go away, the entertainment value, but I do think we're going to see a blend now, Rizzo? which I think is good. I, th- I agree, but also they're kind of bringing in this new generation because it's completely different than what we've had before. It's mm-hmm. not that cookie-cutter you know, everybody looks the same. Everybody does the same. It's yeah. different. We have so much more uh, variety of moves, you know, the way people act, the way people do things. It's not mm-hmm. three moves like the whole John Cena. Everybody says he has five moves. Well, yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? That's right. So now you have all these guys that are doing all these crazy stunts, and the demand is getting more and more and more and more. So you need to bring those guys in, but then you also have to keep that old crowd entertained also so like you said the mix is it's good it's very good absolutely the mix is good and i think it's also better for the workers because they're not pushing each other like 110 percent like more than five nights a week if you split this up there's going to be two different brands and they're going to have two different road schedules so maybe they'll give some of these guys a break and maybe get back to some of that old school mentality where on the road um, off TV, you can play more of the entertainment value to the specific crowds like we were talking about, like indie performers. That, that's what we do mm-hmm. every night. Um, and then when you get on the TV, you can have the big storylines and the big matches, and then you can build to it. And then maybe there'll be less injuries overall. Maybe there'll be less time out overall. And if somebody does get hurt, they have a backup plan. So I think that's a good thing. I, I think we're on the same page. Ugly? Oh, yeah. No, my, I just want to ask you guys. Oh yeah, uh, well we appreciate. I mean, it. I, yeah, I I feel the same way. I just had the question. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so, um, what are the final thoughts for this dirty, ugly wrestling podcast? I want to uh, bring a couple things up. So, our next guests live here on the mansion on the next dirty, ugly wrestling podcast is going to be hashtag Pat Anthony Loza, and it's going to be Violet Broad. <laughs> Good lord! Uh, yeah, so, she talks the trash. I get I just kick people in the face and stomp their faces into the mat. Beauty shot. Beauty Mark. Beauty Mark. I'm sorry. Beauty shot. But, <laughs> hey, you know what? And, and I want to I say this. Yeah, I, uh, I see a little bit of Tyler Breeze in you, Jason Drake, but that's a good thing because Tyler Breeze is a, is a character. Use pieces of that. Be yourself. Be Jason Drake. I love it. I, I, I tell you every time I want to see more of the character come through, and she'll get it out of you. Rizzo will get that character out of you. Yeah, she'll I beat it out of you. There. You got just the tip. I'm pulling it right oh, out. Oh, God. <laughs> good old Catholic pullout, baby. <laughs> This is the best podcast ever. I don't think we need to bleep this. I just think we need to put a warning on here for some content. Unleashed. Unleashed. Yeah, this is Unleashed. This is the Unleashed version. Absolutely. Um, So uh, it's going to be Friday, July 29th. um, Summer Sizzler, EWA, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. As we know, tickets are on sale at EWAMaryland.com. EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook. Find us. EWA Ringside on Facebook. Find us. And you can find... uh, Jason Drake and also the Rabid Rizzo. If you Google the Rabid Rizzo, and I mean Google, um, you'll find her all over the place apparently. Um, 
And this is great. We want to thank you guys. What are your final thoughts? Rizzo, you first. Ladies first. Oh, me first? That's right. Ladies first. Don't forget to come to see us at EWA. You'll see our pretty faces and our big old booties. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Drake. Uh, It's been fun. You know, definitely what she said. Come out to EWA. Come support the product. Come see us if you want to see some crazy stuff, good matches, and, you know, what's going on there because we're making some noise there. That's right. You guys have a good time on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast? Yeah. Mm, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Big Ugly, what you got? I'm not saying anything else. I might go off on another tangent. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and that's what we're going to come back for in soon. But so thank you for joining us on this edition of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You know where to find us. You know to leave messages, emails. Make sure to find us. And uh, we are going to come back to you in just a couple of weeks. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for joining us. And what we'll say it at the end, you know what we say at the end. If you want to say it with us, you can too. I say three, two, one. Deuces! Deuces.